If someone were afraid of the dentist, maybe they haven't been in a long time, maybe they're embarrassed because they haven't been in a while, I feel like this would be a really safe place for them to go and get the care that they need. At Advanced Dentistry, we get it. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, if you want to learn how IV sedation can change your life, visit NoFearDentist.com. March into spring with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered 500 megabits internet for $39.99 per month, plus a $100 gift card and price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with a free modem, free installation, and free Wi-Fi your way home. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and manage user access for all connected devices with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires May 6, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Parks and Recollection. This is super, super, super exciting. This is not the normal episode because we've been gone for so long. This is Jim O'Hare. I'm the guy who played Larry Gary, Jerry, Terry, Barry uh, on Parks and Rec. And next to me is... You may not recognize me because how long it's been, it's been Jim, so but it's Greg. Oh, my God. It's so good to be back it in the studio so with you talking about our favorite show. But it's been a while. We've had some strikes and things that have kept us apart. Yes. But not three strikes against no, us. They, no, we are not three so strikes. We're not out. We're no, here. No, we are not. Uh, just uh, for people who know or don't know, uh, first the writers had gone on strike. Uh, we did, then yes. the actors followed suit. You did. And Greg and I felt, thankfully, the same that we shouldn't be doing the podcast only because Parks is still a show that makes money and it's on streaming services and our guests promote things. And that was kind of what we didn't feel we should be doing right. at the time. Right. We took a pause. We, we took talked a pause. about. And we want to thank uh, Team Coco for understanding sure, where yeah, we stood absolutely. on the situation. You know, we have contracts and things like that. And they chose to just say to us, you guys, you come back when yeah, you're ready to yeah. come back. And that was yeah. incredibly generous. And we are thrilled that that's And to thank uh, all of you, our listeners and the fans, the people who wrote in um, on comments as they listened to the episode, you know, show their support for us. It was really, it meant a lot. Um, because we couldn't wait to get back and talk Could not about wait to this. Get back. I mean, our, yeah. I looked. Our last episode released August twenty first, twenty twenty three. What a quaint time, twenty twenty three. Remember those days? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the twenty twenty three. Oh, those were good days. But we are incredibly happy to be yes. back. Incredibly happy, and, and with a, a lot a has happened. Episode and a lot has a happened. lot has happened in that time. Yes. And um, we should talk about the episode we're here to talk about, but. I think we should call out a very cool thing that happened in the time between recording our last episode, being here today, is Nick Offerman won an Emmy. Yeah, baby! One of us, one of our friends uh, won an Emmy. And Jim, you talk about this a lot. I mean, first of all, he won an outstanding guest actor in a drama series for his portrayal of Bill in HBO's The Last of Us, an amazing show and a phenomenal episode. But Jim, you talk about quite a bit that Nick Offerman never got a nomination. 
again, people, you're going to be like, oh, he's saying it again. I will say it again. For the most original character that was on TV at the time, right. what uh, Nick was doing with Ron Swanson was so different than anything else on the mm-hmm. air at the time. And the fact that he was never acknowledged for that made me crazy. So when he won this, it was incredible. And as people who know, listen, we have a thing called the Parks Family Text and we were going nuts mm-hmm. when he won. Mm-hmm. It was just so exciting. Yeah. And, of course, his speech was such a Nick Offerman speech. Yeah, yeah. There's few classier acts than mm-hmm. Nick Offerman. There just are. I yeah. mean, he's, he's one in a million. And this is just my little actor brain. When you get a chance to do something different, mm. it's a gift. And, you know, we know Nick, Ron, you know, most people, he's mostly known as Ron Swanson, but he's done so many other projects. But the manly, manly, manly man, you know, and he yes. builds and he does this and he does this. Now he's on The Last of Us, and he's still a manly man, but he's right. a gay manly man. Right, and right, right. he nailed it. So anyway, we're so proud of him. I mean, incredibly proud of him. Yeah. Oh, one other thing that happened. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the Super Bowl, the Chiefs won. I know this is old news. But anyway, um, first we see a, an ad with... Aubrey Plaza, it begins. Right. And then at the very end of the ad, there's Nick Offerman. Yes. With a huge mustache riding on a dragon. Sure, of course. It was just perfect. And then pretty quickly after was... Pratt's Super Bowl spot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the the we were a little crazed on our Parks family text. That's chat. awesome. Yeah, yeah, That's lots awesome. of lots of love and laughs and yes. saying stupid things and making each other laugh. Oh, I love it. This is our favorite thing. <laughs> and I love seeing those guys like that. That is just mm. though I kind of think at the end of the one with uh Nick on the dragon, they should have cut to at the very, very end, paid me a million dollars, and I was like on a mule or something. Like it just wasn't mm. going as well for Jerry. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. But I would have wanted one, I take that back, one billion. One billion. Dollars. Okay, I thought and you would have, have to, deserved it. I thought you would have, had to, you would have had to pay to be on it. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's oh, boy. That's hurtful, a... but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, talk about this awesome episode. Um, oh, my God. We're actually talking about an episode I of Parks know. and Recreation. I know. <laughs> no. Wow. I almost don't know what to you do just, here. You normally just do it uh, as you look in the mirror. You just talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've been doing that a lot, yes. Okay, today's episode is The Debate. It was written by Amy Poehler, directed by Amy Poehler. Yeah. Uh, Poehler Palooza, if you will. Poehler Palooza. Yeah. Um, it originally aired on April 26, 2012. Talk about quaint. And Jim, oh man, it's good to say it, but will you give us a blurb? Oh, I love doing the blurbs. With the election drawing near, Leslie goes head to head with her fiercest rival, Bobby Newport, in a televised city council debate. Meanwhile, April and Andy hold a viewing party for Leslie's biggest donors, despite their cable being turned off and Tom's jealousy is piqued when Chris's feelings for Anne rekindle while working as Leslie's spin team. Ooh, it's a fun episode. I was rewatching it last night, and we, I mean, it is just a joke machine. It's right? a joke machine. It also had a different feel for me. I right. think because we were there was so much of it not in our normal space. Right. We weren't in the bullpen at all. We were on a debate stage, and we were at April and Andy's house. Good point. So yeah. it had a different feel to it, but I like that. And it starts, and we'll get into it, but it starts with this, this after we get the little scene and cold open in Andy and April's house, then we have this beautiful shot, this wide shot of this huge auditorium. Huge. It, it made me think about the pilot and uh, one of the first shots where we see for the public forum that Leslie's going to run. She walks into the school auditorium and it's cavernous and 
and intimidating. And this was like, this is a different Leslie walking into a very similar place, but she's been prepared and Ben has prepared her for this. And we'll get into that. We but will be- get into be- that. Before we do that, a few uh, Nopes notes. This episode is the second of five appearances by the truly hilarious Paul Rudd as Sweden's heir, Bobby Newport. Brilliant. Um, Brad Leland, who portrays one of Leslie's political opponents, Fester Trim, in this episode. Who I did a movie with. Okay, this That's isn't right. about you. It is about, everything is <laughs> always about me. That's and true. Brad and I did do a film together. <laughs> well, Brad Leland went on to run against Selena Meyer as Senator Bill O'Brien in six episodes of Veep. Yeah. Um, and was also in all five seasons of Friday Night Lights as Buddy Garrity. It's where I first knew him, and it was so cool <laughs> See him in this. My wife, who watched Friday Night Lights recently and fell in love with the show, as most people do when they watch it, she was most excited when we watched this episode. To see <laughs> there him. Is. Yeah. Well, you know, you turned me on to Friday Night Lights. I had never seen it, and now I have seen it. And it is really an amazing Listeners show. don't need to know about how I turn you on to things. <laughs> oh, you um, do, my friend. Oh, this you do. Episode is Amy's directorial debut. She reportedly watched the documentary The War Room about the Clinton campaign to prepare. Interesting. And additionally, Amy was nominated for a Primetime Emmy for Outstanding Writing for a Comedy Series for her work on this episode. That's huge. I mean, and also, and I know this is in the notes, and I had known this, but generally when a script is written, they go through all sorts of rewrites. It's just the nature of the beast. You guys, this works better, this works better, and then new minds come at it. This was one and done, correct? Yeah, this was one where Amy's draft was uh, nearly identical to the shooting draft. How often does that happen? It's rare. I mean, it happens from time to time, but it rarely happens when someone comes from outside the writer's room. Or Amy's not outside the writer's room, but not as a normal right, writer, she's not there staff writer. Yeah. But it also is a testament to the fact that she knows this world and her character and had you know, there have been 20-something episodes leading up to this about I know, the election. I still think that's pretty incredible. No, it is pretty incredible. Because I don't think for a minute, Mike, what Mike Sure, you know, who was our showrunner and co-creator, I don't think just because it was Amy, he's like, well, I really shouldn't touch this script because Amy wrote it. You know, she's the lead. Right. I don't think that's the case at all. Right. I think Mike's all about what's best for right. the show. Right. So this, wow, I just think that's really No, impressive. I totally agree. Every so often, and you must feel this also on set, you know, one can just be in such a zone. Yeah. That it's just everything. Like we had those moments in the room um, breaking a story. It just works. And I think that this was not just a good episode, but the perfect episode perhaps for Amy to write and to direct. Yeah. I love, love, love when an actor directs. Now, I know some people are like, why is that? But I don't know. Actors know how to talk to actors. And I do love that. I loved when Amy directed. I love when Nick directed. I think Adam directed. I love mm. when any one of our cast members directed. I was always on board. Yeah, so fun. So fun. Um, well, the episode was the biggest production of the year. There were 400 extras, six cameras. We had crane shots, night shoots, stunts. I mean, Nick Offerman climbs a telephone pole. So yeah. there's a lot going on. And he's seems, up there. He's up at there. At first yeah. I thought, okay, this, uh, I'm going to keep my eye closed. No, it's Nick. Yeah. He's well, up there. Yeah. You yeah. think it's a small little episode. It's a debate. It's going to be on the stage. But it's a big, there's a lot going on. A lot. Um, well, let's uh, synopsis. Good to say that word again. Yes, we're back. Rolls off the tongue. (laughs) It does. (laughs) With Bobby Newport ahead in the polls, Leslie and Ben have gathered the team at campaign headquarters, a.k.a. April and Andy's house, to talk strategy for the debate happening later that night. 
Ben assigns Chris, Anne, and Tom to deal with the press as Leslie's spin team and tasks Ron, April, and Andy with throwing a viewing party for Leslie's biggest donors. Wow, that's a lot. And there is no better spin team. Yes. Than Chris and Ann. Yes, yes. They are the best team. I love that Chris talking head early when he talks about if anyone were to tell him that he has cancer or whatever, that (laughs) he would want it to be him. He'd want it to be him. It's such a (laughs) real sweet (laughs) and true idea. Um, And then it creates this great game where they're testing spin skills, where Tom says, your house just burned down and you lost all your money in the stock market. And Chris says something like, it's a chance to start over, (laughs) fires very cleansing, (laughs) and true wealth is measured by the amount of love in your life. It's great. Okay, it's great. Now, but I have to ask. So Ben goes, here's the hypothetical. And he goes, Chris, hypothetical crisis. Leslie just tried to answer a question, then audibly farted, then threw up. Spin. Now, before we give his answer, was that a hypothetical I feel like that happened. Ben just experienced that with Leslie. Oh, that's so funny. That's how I took it. I took it like, this this is such a ridiculous hypothetical, but it just happened. Right. It's like someone saying, okay, uh, let's just say hypothetically. Hypothetically, (laughs) I I ran over a cat. Right. right, Your dog on the way in the driveway. Right, right, right. I kind of feel like it happened. That's interesting. That's how I took it. And of course, Chris, without missing a beat. Leslie Nope is literally, literally overflowing with ideas for this town. And speaking of methane, have you heard about her plan to limit greenhouse gas emissions? Right, right. Is there a better spin than that? Right, that's a big segue. That's a big segue. <laughs> speaking of methane. <laughs> yes. Um, and we get the great comedy early on of Andy and April when they have the division of party responsibilities. Andy talking about how their house is going to be filled with rich people and named like... <laughs> Dottie and Todd and Rick, which is so funny what <laughs> his expectations of rich wealth is. And uh, April's going to give those $100 lap dances. So kind. She's um, a giver. <laughs> and then Ron, and Ron, just a lot of just very classic Ron moments. I want to jump ahead to when he gives his speech at the party and he ends it by saying his name, Ron Swanson, <laughs> right? He's yeah. just, he's also in the zone as Ron and Ron is going to be providing several slabs of his world famous Swanson ribs. Mm, I bet they're good. I bet they are really, really, really good. good. Yeah. yeah. I just came back from Kansas City and I have had barbecue that is pretty amazing. Yeah, there. I bet. But I'm guessing Ron's would be right up there. Right. But it's funny because I think to the burger making episode um, oh, with right. Chris, where he pretty much just grill some meat. Yeah. Just basic. It's very basic. Right. And a bun and says, eat it. And it's amazing. <laughs> but I have a feeling the Swanson ribs are a whole other level. The, he actually goes through the time and slowly. Well, because you can't just, you have to have a sauce. Like there's more than just the meat. Right. And I think he does it all. Great. Yeah. Um, well, let's jump into the debate. At the debate venue, Leslie gets her bearings on the empty stage running through her opening statement with Ben. While backstage, Chris ponders a fresh start with Anne after remembering how well they work together. And back at April and Andy's, Tom confides in April that Anne has broken up with him for good this time, replaying the events leading up to his latest breakup and prompting April to give him some much-needed advice. April can really be there for people. That's as a good much point. as we know she's That's you know, great. she yeah. can be she can be who she is and we all right. love her. Right. But she can be there when they need her. Yeah. And I it's love interesting her. because I think early on in the series, that kind of became the Leslie Ron dynamic. 
right? Where Leslie and Ron would potentially see, not see eye to eye as much. And then they have some fun conflicts. But then in that third act, Ron would say something wise and kind of set her straight and help her correct. Because we did a lot of Parks Department type stories. There weren't as many interpersonal stories. And now, uh, you know, we've had this whole season now of April kind of doing the same thing. And jumping forward, she's going to be doing that soon in season five with Ben a little bit more. And so it's interesting. It's, it shows the evolution, the growth, the softening of April Luckett. And the reason that it just works so well is that's human. That's mm. what humans do. You right. grow and you right. learn. And she ultimately loves everyone in that department as much as it would kill her to say those words out right, loud. Right, right. She loves everybody. Even though, what is she saying this when she goes, well, I like Andy. I like Champion. Oh, right. She says she wants Leslie to win. Which Le- is, she wants and, Leslie and, to win. And sleeping is her last one. <laughs> sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm on board so with that. Yeah, sleeping is nice. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot in common when it comes to that. <laughs> and also, and I don't know if I'm jumping here, but I had a realization in this episode that made me feel much better about my situation your personal life situation? No, that that's a mess. Okay. No, uh, my personal situation with, you know how creeped out I have been oh, about sure. uh, Tom and Ann. Like, really creeped out. We hear, according to Tom, because he was doing making a play, he goes, we got to second base, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Now that, yeah. what that does for me. It makes you feel good. It makes me feel like maybe Go on. the full bases hadn't been crossed. You know what I'm saying by that? I'm trying to be... Uh, You're trying to say something about bases I'm trying to say crossing them. They, I'm trying to say Tom didn't do a home run. That's what I'm saying. And that makes me feel better that Tom and Ann might not have... Tom didn't do a home run. <laughs> yeah. Boy, this is sounding childish. So you're watching uh, a lot of baseball these I days. I am watching... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, you know, who could forget my movie, Ed, with Matt LeBlanc and a monkey playing baseball? Yes, who could forget that? Who could, well, actually, everybody, as okay. it turns out. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> as they oh, God. should. But you're right. I hear what you're saying, and this episode will put a period on the story of Tom and Anne. Yes. Um, in a really great way. And in a lovely way. I just left it feeling, okay, I, I don't feel as creeped out right. now. Maybe they kissed a little, maybe the whatever, whatever. But because, you know, I just I had my problems with I that. I know. But Tom is going to go through the range of emotions yes, in this episode. Yes, he should. I mean, he first should. we get that clip of him calling into the radio show. It's Love Therapy with Dr. Douche and Professor, <laughs> Professor Taint. And he's talking about, you know, they're up in the club and they're dancing, they're sweating. And he's like Jim alluded to, let's say we got to second of the night, kind of. Kind of. And then this chick's name is Ann Perkins. <laughs> Look her up on the government website. She is crazy hot. And it didn't turn into a fight. It turned into nothing other than Anne going, mm-mm. And, and she kicks she him out. physically shoves yeah. him out. Like, yeah, she kind of did it in that way that like uh, like a, someone would grab a little kid by the ear yes. in a terrible way. You said something terrible yes. in front I don't of do company, that. I don't you know? do that. I yeah. wouldn't do that. That's <laughs> awful. But it had been done in time in memoriam. And it feels like that's something she was doing with Tom. Absolutely. Um, and I, I like in this scene at the debate venue where Ben is once again getting Leslie prepared and they're feeling good. They're measuring the podium. And then when they're talking about Newport, he gets like very violent when talking about her, right? He's And Leslie says, I'm going to wipe the floor with his face. And Ben <laughs> says, you're going to rip out his spine with your teeth and then chew it up and gargle with it. Yikes. And I love Leslie and Amy does this little giggle and says, I love when you're needlessly discussing. Needlessly. Yeah, needlessly. <laughs> I just, their, their relationship is just so awesome on so many levels. And I'm so glad 
the writers, because, you know, as we all know, I'm no writer, uh, but they didn't play the will they, will they not. Like, once they were together, mm. they were together, and right. they were a team, right. and they had each other's backs for everything. Right, and They're right. just, I don't know, they're like the perfect little couple. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, in our synopsis, we're going to move on. With the debate about to begin, Leslie hypes herself up for a good fight, and Ben admits to feeling a little intimidated by Bobby Newport's campaign manager, Jennifer Barkley, Catherine Hahn. While back at the viewing party, things have come to a screeching halt when Andy realizes the cable is out due to him forgetting to pay the bill. Okay, just to go back to the Jennifer Barkley, anybody would be intimidated by Jennifer Barkley. Right, yeah. That is yeah. one intimidating yeah. woman. Nothing scares her. Nothing rocks her world. She just, this is what's happening. Right. She is walking confidence, if you will, right? Absolutely. Um, so much so that she'll talk uh, to Ben asking about Chris's availability. She's just, I guess I'm into this guy. And yeah. yeah. And she knows what she wants and yes. she goes for it. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. It's a great little grace note that Leslie's listening to Sarah McLaughlin's I Will Remember You to get pumped up for the debate. You know, fierce power, pump it up 2012. <laughs> Nothing gets me more amped than Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's been said in uh, in human history before. I don't think it's ever been said. Yeah. And I think and it's great. saying it now is right. the last time it will ever okay. be said. Okay, great. Yeah. great. I think that'll be it. Our eagle-eyed viewers will recognize the woman uh, who's over-singing, if you will, the national anthem before the debate begins from season two, episode three's beauty pageant and episode 22 of that same season, Telethon. That's Denise Yermley, of course. Of that's course. Denise Yermley. Yermley. Yes. What a pretty name. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Katie Dippled creation in, in beauty pageant. And then when we were doing Telethon in season two, it was a chance to bring back a bunch of people we had already met in that season and someone had pitched that she should sing there too. And then at that point, she's just the person who sings at events like this. And so... Uh, so we, but so in Pawnee, she's we got probably Denise. a bit of a celebrity. Totally. She is the go-to for the national anthem. Absolutely. It makes perfect sense right. in that world. Yes. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Intersynopsis. The debate is off to a rocky start with moderators purred happily and newly single <laughs> Joan Calamezzo favoring the likably naive Bobby Newport over Leslie. The candidates give their opening statements, and as the debate progresses, Leslie's well-prepared and impassioned responses begin to come off as bullying. Meanwhile, offstage, Jennifer Barkley hints at an ace up in the Newport campaign sleeve. And back at the donor party, Andy jumps into action, recreating scenes from his favorite movies, while April enlists Ron's help to get the cable back on. 
Okay, first, Jim, let's talk quickly about the other candidates that we meet because it's been a race pretty much between Leslie and Bob. That's all, all that's we've really we've, heard about. That's yeah. how we've been dramatizing it. And we've seen other names potentially, you know, up on screen, but this is a chance to really have fun with them. And also so that it it feels full, right? So it doesn't just feel like it's just been the two of them. Right. And so we have Fester Trim. We talked about Brad Leland. And, and, and who's fighting for those names? Who came up with Fester Trim? These feel like fun room names. So people were just yelling things out. Yeah. Because that is a great name. Yeah. Fester Trim. Well, it's a human name. <laughs> I don't know that it is. Yeah, but people have silly names. And <laughs> they do. They yeah. do. So we have Fester Trim, the man who sells you your guns at the Gun Believable Gun Emporium. We have Brandy Max, four, X, <laughs> four X's, everyone, adult film star. Um, and I love how she constantly throughout the episode of debate, always just like Leslie, she'll say, like, just oh like Leslie, gosh. I know what it's like to be the only woman in a room full of men. And then the look of on, on yeah. Leslie's yeah. face and the fact that they kind of look alike. I right. mean, the, the blonde hair, they're both dressed up, you know, in professional suits. Well, that they was intentional great. with her casting originally it's to perfect. have. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We have Manrico De La Rosa, animal rights activist who's running on such things as uh, believing that animals are as important as people. And if elected, he will fight for them as if they are his own children, <laughs> which is actually quite sweet now that you think about yeah, it. Well, I'm an animal guy, yeah. so I'm on board with that. Obviously, Bobby Newport, our Sweetums heir and likable idiot. And I love how he says uh, that he wants to do a good job because he likes it when people think he does a good job. <laughs> and he wants Pawnee and his dad to see what he's made of. And then he said, let's do this. And there's this great shot of a bunch of guys who are like cheering him on. And, you, and Paul Rudd is so funny, right? When he says, the wrecking crew, right? Like, <laughs> who, let, who let you guys in here? <laughs> it's so great. And also, just to go back to the Brandy Max who, by the way, mentions that she has starred in 400 films that year, which means it is more than one film per day. She's a workhorse. That is a busy girl. Hey, she's busy. That is, and, and like Leslie, she's working hard. She's dedicated to her work. <laughs> yes, she's yes. totally dedicated. Yeah, I procrastinate and she works, so yeah, good for her. Yeah, Her sweetness, though, I love Brandy Mann. Yeah, I, I do too. I, like, I... I do too. There's something lovely about her and she's earnest in everything she's saying. And she yeah. does think her and Leslie are very much alike. Yeah. And I love that about her. Yeah, I do too. I think it's great. I think she's actually one of my favorite recurring characters. And we have Joan and, and Purd running the debate. And Joan Calamezzo is one of my all-time favorite. We, we've had Mo Collins on here who played Joan. And at this debate, letting everyone know that she's newly single is just, that's Joan. Yeah. Yeah. And her, what is her reason for her dislike of Leslie? But it's always been there. Is it because she is a powerful, like Leslie gets things done? Like, I don't really understand, but right. it's hysterical. Well, it started as a little thing, right? And I think Leslie was on Pawnee Today and they were contentious with the Pawnee Zoo episode. Well, and then the gotcha with the Harvest Festival. Right. But that and, just continues. So one yeah. begets another. Yeah. And then the game very quickly becomes their antagonism and and it works. Oh, it works. And the more you do something, the more you go to that well, the more extreme you have to keep being because you have to up your comedy, up your it's game. I never thought about and now that. Here we, right? So here we yes. are at this point where she just hourly, clearly just despises Leslie and <laughs> despises wants nothing her. good for her. And Purd doesn't even know where he is half the time, is my guess. He's right. just like, they told him, you're going to be hosting a debate. That would be fine. Right. Yeah, right, he right. doesn't know what's the, happening. Yeah, the answer to that request is I'm already sitting in the chair, right? <laughs> exactly. Right, 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 right. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, and you talked about how this great off-stage little sea runner that happens. So we have the debate as maybe our A story. We have the stuff going on at Andy and April's house as this B story with little offshoots. And then we have this little runner of Ben and Jen Barkley off to the side to keep them alive. And the comedy between them is just good. And it also keeps giving us the necessary stakes in the episode. So we see on Ben's face that it's not going well because Leslie can't show that to us and she can't come off stage yet to talk about things. Right. And we see from Jen's confidence and kind of blase attitude about this, even saying, how long is this thing going to go? That she, she knows that this is going to go to a place and Ben slowly picks up that things aren't going well for his candidate and and partner. Well, because Jen also, she doesn't care what happens. She's like, if he fails, it works for us. If he succeeds, it works for us. Right. It's all okay. Right. She has right. no fear. Right. And she knows that they do have something up their sleeve. Right. And I love that moment um, when they take a break and uh, Ben will go talk to uh, Leslie about how things are going. And uh, you see that Jen is holding a juice box for Bobby and he's just <laughs> drinking can... it like a little hamster or gerbil. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Oh, my God. It's 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 like a bait, like what you, a, well, a honestly, mother does for a child. Honestly, I mean, at the time of the show being written and airing, like I'm just, I'm, I have no child, but I now have kids. Right. And I've done that. I've like held the juice box because <laughs> <and> I, <laughs> I hold the juice box to do it now because I think that, oh, if I give it to her, it's going to spray everywhere to my daughter. Right. And I'm like, Is that what Jen's doing? Is she doing it? Because if Bobby has it, it's going to get it's all over it. It's going to go all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so infantile, right? It's great. Because he is infantile. Right. Bobby. Yeah. And I love him for that. Right. I it's so too. weird because, you know, I, I want Leslie to win everything. And yet I can't hate Bobby Newport because it, he's not a bad guy. Purpose. Like there's people who are evil. Right. He's too dumb to be evil. Right. He's too dumb to know that he's being evil. And we talked about that in the crafting of the character. I, because if you have someone who is just evil, the shape of the episodes, the contentious episodes where our candidate Leslie's going up against that person, it's going to feel different. And if Bobby is a little sweeter, a doofus. That is the right word, doofus. Right. He's a doofus, which isn't a bad person. It's just someone who everything isn't connecting upstairs. But it also lulls you into the possibility, I think, well, that perhaps Bobby will win. Whereas if it is a truly just a jerk, like uh, we'll meet him next season, like a Jeremy Jam, yeah, Jam or is the let's opposite, say let's yeah. say Dennis Feinstein were running and right. was just awful, you would be like, okay, well clearly they're going to end up and Leslie's going to win. But you, you kind of think maybe Leslie's going to lose to this guy who's ultimately trying to make his dad proud of him. That's all he wants to do, make his dad right? proud. And then you create a Jennifer Barkley character who can be. The, the pit bull who can have that so you don't have to add that quality to your lovable loser, yeah. idiot, doofus. I, again, I'm not a writer. There's so much smart stuff that goes on behind the scenes because what you're saying now, you're right. right. You have a Jennifer Barkley who makes up for, because right. he can't be manipulative. Bobby's too stupid to be right. doing what she's doing. Right. Oh my God, you guys are smart. We're okay. You guys are smart in that room, that writer's room. We're okay. Um, this episode has one of my favorite Chris Pratt, Andy Dwyer scenes <laughs> where he's doing his movie reenactments. Oh. And let me tell you how this happened. The story came up that, oh, Andy should reenact movies. And Amy uh, went to Pratt, uh, Chris Pratt, to ask which movies he thought Andy would reenact. And he immediately said Roadhouse. And uh, apparently Amy began watching the movie to get a recap. 
but then realized she'd get a better recap from Chris Pratt himself. <laughs> and so went to his trailer to have him do a reenactment and pretty much wrote it all down. And that's what winds up in the script. But then on set, he improvised even more moments. He, you know, the 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 story now is that he pretty much reenacted the whole movie. Like it was a long reenactment. Yeah. Um, and he's adding it, he's adding all these little details. And what I love is he does this whole reenactment. And at the end, he says, and that's Roadhouse. <laughs> like, it doesn't start that way. Right. And th- I had never seen Roadhouse. I had never even heard of the movie. And so my introduction to the movie Roadhouse is this Chris Pratt reenactment. Anyway. And another brilliant thing that Amy knew to do was let Pratt do Pratt. Right. You know, we all went together to see the premiere of Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. And oh, I'm sorry I couldn't be there. Y- y- you weren't invited. Anyway, the uh, it was people we loved and cared about. Anyway, uh, so we're all there. And it was super exciting. It was at the Grauman's. You know, just like, wow, wow. Mm. He's like the lead. Like, he even got introduced after Glenn Close. It was like, holy cow, that is like wild. No, it sounds like it would have been great. It really, it was exceptional. We really still talk about it to this day, those who we wanted there. Got it. Um, no, but anyway, the opening of that movie is you can just tell he let Pratt do Pratt. Mm. You know, when he's dancing to that music yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just got to let someone do what they do. And mm. I fell in love with that movie the second it started and he was doing what he does. And this is the perfect example. Let Pratt, who's playing Andy, right. do what he does. Just have fun. Just let him go. Just let him go. He will bring everything that you're looking for. And yeah. since Amy was directing it and wrote it, she could let him go. Yeah. Okay, as the debate continues, Leslie perseveres by advocating for the platform she believes in, while the other candidates sound off with ridiculous plans and ideas, until Bobby Newport drops a huge bombshell that if Leslie is elected, his father, Nick Newport Sr., will move the Sweetums factory to Mexico, Mm. resulting in thousands of lost jobs and possibly, even worse, no one having any candy. That is the worst part. That is pretty awful. (laughs) Yes. Appalled, Leslie decides to throw caution to the wind, getting tough in her closing statement and fighting for Pawnee. And also, we should mention, the debate is being sponsored by Sweetums. Yes, there's, there's, yes. there's so many conflicts yes, of interest yeah. in this thing. And it was really, um, you know, we're a mockumentary, reportedly, and uh, we don't do kind of um, production moments like this. So that when they say... This debate is brought to you by Sweetums, and the Sweetums logo the comes logos, up on screen. Yeah. It was distancing in a way, but it's also very cool because you don't see stuff like that. But it's so cool to see the Sweetums logo yes. right there. Yeah. Yeah. But when I realized they're sponsoring this damn debate. Yeah, yeah. It is loaded against Leslie from beginning to end. Right. This is all against her. Yes, absolutely. Um, the candidates have these ridiculous statements. Some improvised, I think, but a lot of them in script. A lot of them were there. You know, Bobby saying that by the year 2013, we will have a fully functional mall on Jupiter. <laughs> Which, by and the way, it's 2012. It's 2012. It's one year later. Right, yeah. right. Well, mm-hmm. he, he dreams big. Um, <laughs> Fester Trim talking about giving people grenade launchers. Brandy Mac saying, for the record, I'd appear in a film with any of my fellow candidates. And then, and then not gives, only does she say it, yes, go on. she gives a little leer over to Leslie. Right. Like, oh, and, and Amy's right. reaction, of course, is perfect. Yeah, I think well, Brandy really respects Leslie. <laughs> she does. Yeah. She'd love to go to town with her. Okay. <laughs> At 16 minutes exactly, if you're watching this on Peacock, the PA who walks by and tells them, one minute back, 
is one of our crew. Yay, Lozo. Lozo. We yeah. love Lozo. So tell us about Count Lozo. Lozo is the greatest. Uh, he was the PA for us. He was with us from beginning to end, if I remember correctly. But then he Lorenzo. became... Lorenzo. Uh, not, not Lorenzo. Lorenzo. We call him we Lozo. Call him His Lozo. name is Lorenzo, yeah. Right. Uh, and then he continued to work. Like, he would do projects that Amy was working on, a project that Rashida was working on. So he continued because we loved him. And he's the one who corrected me one day when he said, Jim, can I get you anything? And I said, oh, I'm just going to run over and get a Diet Coke. He goes, well, no, I'll go grab it. And I said, well, no, I can go yeah, over and yeah, get a Diet yeah. Coke. He goes, Jim, it's my job. Mm. Let me stay employed. But uh, Lozo was a great guy. He uh, He just took great care of us. And I remember for one of his birthdays, I think it might have been Amy, Rashida, and... Aubrey bought him a bike, if I remember correctly. Like that's a big thing to get. Like, you know, you're loving someone who, you know, it's yeah. The way loving you, him. That's amazing. It's sweet. The way you built that story up. Didn't think bike was going to be. Oh out really? Yeah. <laughs> and for his birthday, Amy Poehler, Rashida Jones, Aubrey Plaza, got him like oh my god, or like they went to his birthday party, or they got they got him a bike. A bike. That's so yes, cute. It was cute, <laughs> yes. and I think he needed it. He got around the lot on the bike, and That's nice. uh, I That's think nice. he was very happy. That's yeah. nice. He's bipedal. They said, Jim, do you want to chip in? I said, he can rot in hell. Okay. Why, why, why would yeah. I want to give him a nickel of my money? Yeah, don't tell yeah. me not to get my own drink. Exactly. Please. Who are you to tell me yeah. what to do, Lozo? Yeah. Okay. No, but we love him, and I love that he's on there for two seconds on yeah. screen, yeah. and I love it. Yeah, and uh, and we go to our crew when possible, like right. And there are writers who show up in episodes. Hair and makeup have shown hair, up. Hair and makeup will show up. Yeah. It, uh, it's fun to see your people on the show. And I also love because when they are going to be in the show, they get the treatment. They get the hair, the makeup. Like they go into yeah. the trailer. Yeah, they get the whole thing. And would you guys like rib them at all? Also, because yes, here they are on course. set. And yes, yes, yes. On the other side of the camera. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh, look who's in the chair! Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, is he getting more than me? You know, just yeah, that's busting great. balls. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh my god, I'd, that was always so much fun. You know, actors are treated pretty well. You know, we get in the chair and they're putting little things on our faces and like to put the eye. What are those things? Eye bag bags under our eyes. Whatever they those things are. They're trying to. They're trying to remove bags under. They're your trying eyes. to remove. Yes, I. I brought them you brought, every single you've been, day. You've been believe funny. me. Yeah. And you know, so it's it's like a little spa treatment kind of, and then the. The hair, it's really, I enjoy the whole process. And it's fun when someone who doesn't get that yeah. comes in yeah. and they get the treatment. Well, I, I will appear in one episode of Parks. It's coming up next season. And so I, too, got to sit in the chair. And they, you know, they're like, oh, you need a little haircut. And they gave me, like, a little haircut. Yes. And, and I saw that, you know, everyone just constantly gets their hair cut. And trimmed and every cleaned Monday up I did. every day. And I, meanwhile, I'm like, ah, oh, I got to schedule something. And I got, it's like a chore to do it. And you're just like, yeah, you're part of your daily routine is just looking your best. <laughs> so sorry, Jim. Other people making you look your best. You're right. not even the one doing it. You're right. just sitting there. Right. No, it's the greatest. There are certain brushes that like are a little massagey and on your face when they do the makeup. Mm. It's, it's lovely. It is lovely. Okay. Uh, with that, we're going to take a moment of pause here while Jim can <laughs> regain himself, and we'll see you after the break. <laughs> Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie, and fans couldn't get enough. That's right. 
You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Um, we're going to uh, talk about this great closing statement from Leslie Nope, And it's perhaps one of the best speeches, I think, that Leslie has. And Leslie has many speeches on the show and the, throughout the series. She'll give an amazing one that Mike wrote for the series finale. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. You'll watch the episode. You'll Whatever. It's great. Yeah. But before you say that... No, I'm me, sorry, Jim, how but I'm... Dare, how dare you interrupt me? No, I just want to say... <laughs> yes, please. Before she does this, her and Ben have this whole conversation. Yeah, you're because right. Because he is like, this isn't... Yeah. This isn't what to do. This is wrong. This, you know, we need to do, we Ease need to follow up. this path. Right. We have this thing set up and she just looks at him and says, I can do this. I can do this. Confidence. She's like, Total confidence. I, I got this. And he looks at her and goes, yeah, you could just see. He goes, yeah. I get it. Yep. She's got this. And when she does it, it's so good. And so good. Talking about, you know, she, she gets a hit or two at Bobby saying she's angry that Bobby would hold the town hostage, right? Something like that. But then she pivots beautifully in saying how much she loves this town. And it's the same Leslie who wrote a book about Pawnee and and um who lives and breathes this place saying Pawnee's the greatest city in the in the world. Sure. Um I like also that she says something like, if I come on strong, it's because I feel strongly. I thought that was such a lovely turn. In fact, I think it's a thing missing, perhaps, from politics, which is I'm passionate because I believe in this rather than I'm passionate because I want your vote, because I want to be elected. And it's such a great statement on the worthiness of public service and loving where you're from. You know, you see politicians and they just seem so smarmy and none of it feels real. She believes Every word right. she's saying. Right. She loves that town. She has given her life to this town. She loves the people as crazy right. as they can be. We all know they're a little nutty. Right. Um, and so Amy wrote that, wrote that speech. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's just she got the character. She knows the character so well to the point that sometimes, you know, you'll be shooting an episode and she'll say, I don't think I'd say this. And she'd have the better way to say it. She she knows what's up. Um but I, I think it's just such a, a, a great scene and a great episode. And it also makes me think about this thing someone told me once about politicians, that ultimately every politician, every person that you may love, you'd be like, that's my person. And, you know, I'm on, and I think that they're so altruistic and great. Ultimately, each person has an ego because they said, I'm worthy of being elected. There's ego involved in that. Sure. But not with Leslie. And I think that's what makes her unique, perhaps also amongst all these other shows that have had characters run for office and everything that it's a, it's a very— Well, you mentioned Veep earlier. Like right, that right. Julia Louis-Dreyfus character. Right. So it's, it's very opposite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just very, the yeah, very of, different. Yeah, very, very different. I loved it, but very, very different. Right. And not, so we, I won't belabor the point, but I think it's a great scene. And it's so good that Bobby Newport says afterwards— 
holy shit, Leslie, that was awesome. And then it's like, you know, he's just so excited. And afterwards, he invites everyone back to his lake house. He does that thing wandering off stage, being so goofy. Like, he doesn't even know how to get off stage. Yeah, yeah, it's so great. And that's who she's running against. And Amy does this look to camera in this very Jim Halpert kind of way from mm-hmm. The Office. We didn't do a lot of looks to camera on the show. Um, and it's so satisfying. They all do a look to camera. Did you see yeah. Ben, Ann, and Leslie yeah. all at the same time yeah, look yeah. to camera? Yeah, I've yeah. never seen us do that before. It's so funny. I've never seen yeah. it. And I loved it. But his excitement, Paul, the way Paul Rudd, we've talked about this before. Paul Rudd, I can't imagine anyone else playing Bobby Newport. He just nails this. Yeah. And his excitement for her, like, wow, you just did this amazing thing, Leslie. I'm so happy for you. That should not be his reaction. Yeah. He should be, oh, shit, we're screwed. Like, she, no, he's just happy for her. Yeah. Because he's the lovable doofus. <laughs> that is the exact, I love that <laughs> word. He is a doofus. Yes. Uh, let's wrap up our episode with our last synopsis bit. Back at the viewing party, Ron's illegal efforts to get the cable working are successful, allowing the donors to catch the end of the debate and catch Leslie's speech. Meanwhile, after rebuffing both Chris and Tom's advances, Anne is once again single. And Jim O'Hare is happy, Very happy. that she hasn't chosen Tom. Right. Chris makes sense. Tom creeps me out. Right. I, I personally love the fact that we end this little arc of romance for Anne also because, you know, her whole storyline shouldn't be built just purely on on romance. It should be a component of it. And we get to jump into other fun stuff with Anne and not have, we did four or five episodes because she's dating a, a crazy comedy character. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and also, you know, she, as she self-admits, she be, kind of takes over their personalities. Right. And so she needs a little time to figure out Anne. Right. Which everybody needs that. Um, we talked briefly, um, and we don't have too much time, unfortunately, to talk about it, but Ron scaling the telephone pole to siphon the neighbor's cable. I love how he says that afterwards he'll, of course, repay the company for of course. <laughs> right the cable company. Uh, he's singing Wichita Lineman, uh, which is a song inspired by telephone pole maintenance crew, the Lineman. Yeah. Um, and Nick does have a decent voice. Yes, he, he does. He does sing. He yes, plays guitar very, in real life. Lovely. He sings. Yeah, he does. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was Nick Offerman's pitch, by the way, for what song it should be. I'm not positive, but that's what That makes good sense, was. I'll tell you that. Uh, he had everything he needed in his trunk yes. to change the cable. Yes, Because, so of good. course, he does. Yes. At any yes. time, he has whatever is needed. Um, Jim, uh, is there crap we didn't get to? Well, a couple of moments. One is a moment for Jerry. Uh, they cut to Jerry sitting with... Yes. Five nuts. (laughs) Holding hands. Holding hands during the debate. Yes. They're watching it. Like you're watching the Apollo moon landing. (laughs) Right? And I remember shooting that because it was so random. Here I am with, you know, five actresses that they dressed up as nuns. Yeah, yeah. It was so weird. It's a funny pitch that once you hear it, you're like, obviously we have to shoot that thing. Yeah. And also, you know what it is? Because, again, you guys had so much... I don't know how you did it. There's 10 of us at this point and you're trying to give everybody a little bit of something. And, you know, this was a light episode for me. I'm in at the beginning and then, but then they do that nice cutaway with that, which is so funny. And so then that brings me back to Retta. Yes. Of course, Donna. Yes. Who is so into Pratt's description of these shows. And she, even at the end is crying. And let me tell you something about my good friend, Retta. Retta can cry at the drop of a hat. Mm. She has, that is a gift for an actor to be able to do that because Retta can turn it on. But Retta is also, 
I think, a bit of an empath mm. where, like, I remember a situation when I came back after my mother had passed and and it was all very sad for me and blah, blah, blah. And Reddit goes, if you start crying, I'm going to start crying. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's just who Reddit is. Yeah. And so those were real tears. Wow. Coming. I, I wasn't there when they shot it, but, but I you bet know, anything right. that those are real tears. And they said to her, here's what we're doing. And she was probably like, okay, let's and do she it. she just turned the switch. And, and here we she go. turned the switch. Yeah, wow. she's, that's a, that's amazing. That's a gift for an actor. Good for to be you, Reddit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I love that. <laughs> and then uh, just a, another funny thing, Ben talking to Leslie, you can uh, debate Bobby Newport in your sleep. Leslie goes, I have. And he goes, I know. We sleep in the same bed. It's been hell. It's been hell. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So that's some of my crap. Yeah. It's a great um, hunk of crap in a, in a great episode. Um, it is a perfect episode, I think, for us to return from our ill-timed but necessary hiatus yep. to talk about because it's perhaps one of the best episodes of the season. It's it's wonderful. And I just am blown away that, and not that I, I'm shocked, but that Amy wrote an episode that was kind of ready to go after her draft. That That's, wow. Yeah. Again, you know, I've been on, you know, I'm 104 now, I believe. I've been on a lot of shows over the years. 105, Jim. Oh, you I did just forgetting. turn 105. Just I forgot my birthday was recently. Uh, no, but, you know, I've been on a lot of shows over the years. They're, they change constantly, constantly, constantly. I'm getting new script changes, script changes. I think that's incredibly impressive. Mm. And then she directed the damn thing. Yes. On top of all of yeah. that, she directed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Uh, we have a gift parties and jobs to call out that we have a campaign donor debate watch party. So it wouldn't be an episode without a gift, a party, or a job. <laughs> Always. <laughs> um, Jim, let's go to a town hall. Let's do that, let's, shall let's, we? Let's, let's hear from people to say... To hear the questions and answer the questions. Sure. That's a town hall. And I think we should set the town hall today in the debate hall where everyone has gathered to hear our candidates. And afterwards, you and I commandeer it for a town hall for Parks and Recollection. Yeah, um, this town hall today comes from Matt from Cortland Manor, New York. Sounds like a Mike Shore uh, written <laughs> yeah. city. That's awesome. He says, hey, guys, love the pod. Thanks, man. You actually inspired me to start my 14th rewatch of the show to follow along with the podcast. Wow. 14th, my man. My God. Good for you. My question is this. That's not me saying. That's not Greg. Matt says this. If you were to create a prequel show following one of the characters, sort of in the same vein as young Sheldon, who would you choose and why? Matt says, I personally think a miniseries following a teenage Ben Wyatt in Partridge, Minnesota and his mayoral journey could be fun. I mean, that is a... That's a great idea, that's man. That's a great idea. Yeah, and you can't, yes, Ben Wyatt yeah. watching that nightmare that yeah. he went through. Yeah. Because you'd see his campaign. You'd yeah. see how he got into office. You would see how he <laughs> collapsed. In, yeah, right, that, could, right. that would be a great one. Right. Uh, but who else do you think? Yeah, I think, no, I think Jim's right. Matt, you're right. Like a Ice Town is a whole storyline. Oh, yeah. and. Um, we're Plus, gonna, his parents are nutty. We've met the parents. We're, uh, we're actually we're going to meet the parents next but season. You're going to see that they're nutty. And next season, we're going to go to his hometown of Partridge. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think a very easy answer would be to say young Ron Swanson to see easy the, the yeah, origin, the origin story of of a character like this, <laughs> right? And and we will we've met his mom and we've met his first wives and fun to see how he got together with them and the craziness of that. Um, I mean, it's fun to think of a young Leslie, and it's fun to think of all of these. Every but, one of us, but, every character would be fun to just see how it began. I will say that the one that first came to mind is John Ralphio. 
Oh, I wasn't even thinking outside the box like yeah. that. Yes. Like, like I first thought, okay, and it'd be fun to see young Tom. It'd be fun to see all, it's fun to see where these crazy comedy characters came from. But perhaps the one I want to see and maybe was just always this way, it's fun to think, is John Ralphie. Yeah, that's a great one. You get fun with Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa's there. Um, and and the, the dad, Saperstein. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so young, young John Ralphio. Oh, I love my that. Pitch. That's a great one. Yeah. Very good. Young Zhong. Young Zhong. Yeah. Well, thank you, Matt, for giving us our town hall. Yeah, that's awesome. And thank you all for being back uh, with us. I mean, we are so glad to be back, so you glad guys. To be back. You have no idea. Uh, and again, thank you, Team Coco, for being so generous uh, and allowing us to take this break that we needed to take and welcome us back. And there's still the key still worked. So I was allowed back in the building. Yeah, that so was our mistake. That was a terrible mistake. Yes. Anyway, and there's a lot coming up, you guys, uh, in this season that you're going to want to stick around for. So not only are we glad to be back, you know, and we are, but. Soon, we are going to be joined by Ben Wyatt himself, the unbelievably yes. wonderful Adam Scott. Uh, and we have some of our favorite writers. Yes, well, you were a writer, not uh, one of our favorites, but you were there. You. But we have Aisha Muhar, perhaps my favorite writer. and She you, was one of our favorites. Yes, and many, many more. So please make sure to listen. And thank you for listening today and texting this episode to your group chat. I love that. Uh, give us five-star reviews wherever you're listening. And it's, it's, uh, I feel like I'm red. I'm crying on cue. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm getting teary eyed. <laughs> but from all of us here at Parks and Recollection, goodbye from Pawnee. Bye bye. Parks and Recollection is produced by me, Lisa Berm, and engineered by Joanna Samuel. The podcast is executive produced by Jeff Ross, Adam Sachs, Colin Anderson, and Nick Liao. Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn are our talent bookers, along with assistance from Maddie Ogden. Our theme song is by Mouse Rat, a.k.a. Mark Rivers, with additional tracks composed by John Danick. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Parks and Recollection. This has been a Team Coco production. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.